I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Supposedly, the story goes, I mean, I had about four auditions, four or five callbacks, um, meeting with, you know, various different people, directors, producers, every time there was someone else in the room. I was kind of going, this is, this is great. Like, this is, I'm getting really far. And there was one other guy in the, in the space with me, you know, also auditioning. And we were like, okay, good luck. Hope you get it. Not, but you know, good luck. Um, (laughs) And then I remember my agent calling me going, it's between you and him. It's between you and him. So all you, all you, you've done everything you can. Don't worry about it. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry, and I make them share a couple bad audition stories with me. If you're not subscribed to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button right now. You can also follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. And you can uh, go check out our Patreon, where we have some really cool perks happening. Today on the show is someone you may remember from Pennyworth or Mary Queen of Scots or even Sandman. He's in the brand new season of You, which is out today on Netflix. It is none other than Ben Wiggins. We had a really great time and um, it was a pleasure to get to know him. So here's my conversation with Ben. And welcome to the show, Ben! Thank you very much, Dylan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being on. You are um, my first guest who that I've recorded being on completely opposite sides of the world. So 
You're amazing. In I'm I here. Am. It's it's nine a.m. for me, five p.m. for you. I love it. It's <laughs> stuff. How exciting! <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've had like your whole day, and I am just starting. Just getting started. I know you've got your morning coffee. I'm already on my fourth. <laughs> oh God, your fourth. I love it. Um, well, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I have been watching um, your career, and I I think you're a fantastic actor, but. The first thing that I love to ask everyone is what made you want to be an actor? Um, yeah, lovely first question. Uh, I come from a family of five boys. Okay. So um, I've got four brothers. And I think I think my desire to become an actor was basically just protest behavior in like, <laughs> I need attention. How do I get attention when I'm battling so many other men in my family? Um, and, you know, from, from a very, very young age, I... I guess I, you know, showing a natural aptitude sounds a bit arrogant, but I just loved it. I always mm. loved it. You know, at school on stage, I was that precocious little kid who was mouthing along the words and like nudging kids along if they forgot their lines going like, come on guys, you can do this. <laughs> um, so it was, it was ingrained. Yeah. From a, from a very, very young age, just loving to perform. Um, and ever since then, I kind of always said, you know, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to, this is, this is what I want to do. And I think my parents thought it was a phase I think they're like he'll grow out of it. He'll 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 get a proper job. Um, <laughs> and when I went to uni, I came to uni in England after going to school in South Africa. Uh, I got accepted to this university. I went to Exeter for drama, and um, I told my parents I was like, I've got accepted. I've, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. They said, Oh, brilliant! What what for? I was like, Drama. And they went, No, 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 no. But honestly, their faces just dropped. And I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> they were like um no no if you're gonna go and get a degree you bloody well make sure it's a proper degree you can get a degree you can do this acting thing afterwards oh my god and after a lot of back and forth a lot of arguments I went fine fine you know their, their logic was sound um so I changed my my degree uh and ended up doing politics and psychology at Exeter for three years nice. uh, and after that was just like well I'm gonna do it I've got I did all that I did loads of plays when I was at Exeter and I was like I'm, I'm gonna go out into the world and, and become an actor and the the annoying thing uh, about going to university is that you get a student loan here in England, which is amazing, you know, to fund your studies. Um, but once you've had that student loan, you can't get another one. So after oh. uni, I was applying for drama schools and the fees were just huge. Um, and I just suddenly went, oh, God, I, I can't afford to do this. Oh, no. So it, it, it just became basically a thing of going out and going, right, well, I'm, I still want to be an actor. You know, I'm just going to have to find an alternative method like an alternative route to get there um and did I've, I've been very very fortunate very lucky um to to meet amazing people and kind of build up the start of a career from there um wow so yeah wins answer. <laughs> wow that's amazing I mean yeah it's it's one of those things that uh, some parents are like yeah go for it and some parents are like ah no you need to be sensible as well um, yeah and you know what now, now I'm in my 30s I kind of go it's fair enough. Like I've had to have a lot of side jobs. I've had to do a lot of things that potentially would have been harder to get uh, had I had a degree in drama, because for some reason people don't understand that, you know, drama is a real degree. And if anything, it creates the ability for you to communicate really effectively, which, mm -hmm. you know, any job is, is, is lucky to have. Um, so I think there are skills that have developed um, that would have developed anyway, but ha having a drama degree, I think is great. But I'm, I'm very glad that I had something else under my belt, just in case I woke up one day and went, nah, this isn't for me. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's a good fallback, good fallback to have. And I feel like yeah. if you study something other than drama, you're kind of adding more to your own character and you feel like you're more worldly than if you were only studying drama. Very true, very true. And and the great thing about going to uni was that I did all the plays, so I hung out with all the drama kids. Mm. Um, you know, I still got my like energy from from playing and acting and uh, but also had a lot of friends who were, you know, straight thinkers and <laughs> very academic and <laughs> you know, doing, doing their politics and psychology stuff. So it was it was an interesting three years and I loved it. So you said you just kind of figured it out after that. What was like the first step for you? Was it workshops? How does it work over there? Were there things that you could go to to like showcase your talent? Yeah, so so obviously without without drama school, there's, there's not that springboard to A, undergo sort of formal training and, mm-hmm. um, and B, have the industry come to see you. Like at drama school, you either do a year course, two years, three years, whatever. And at the end of everything, there's a showcase and okay. agents and casting directors and whoever come to see you. So because I missed out on that, I kind of did whatever I could to just try and get work to start building a CV. I remember in my last year of uni, we went up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I don't know. If oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. So we did. I did a play with uni at the Edinburgh Fringe, which was great fun. And in my in my youth and stupidity, I'd written to all the agents in London, basically every single one, being like, <laughs> "Hi, I'm Ben, and I'm just about to graduate. I'm in this play, and it's in Edinburgh, and I want you to come and see me." And the people who bothered to get back were like, "Thanks, but no. Like, I'm not coming <laughs> to Scotland to see you. Best of luck." <laughs> Um, and those that were, you know, a couple of meetings came from it. They were like, when you're down in London, give us a shout. Um, and, uh, from there, I remember I was working in a, I was working in a pub actually down near where my parents live. And one of the, the, the patrons, I was gonna say clients, the pub (laughs) client, um, came into the pub and, you know, he was having a couple of pints and I was behind the bar and we started chatting. He said, so what are you doing with your life? Are you working in a pub? Is this what you want to do? And I was like, God, no, no, this is just a temporary thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. And he said, that's so weird because I've just sold a house to a casting director. I went, oh, really? That's mad. He said, oh, this is her name. Why don't you give me your email address and I'll, I'll put you in touch. And I was like, do you know what? Can't hurt. Why not? Why not? I'll do that. And he did. He uh, he gave her my email address. She very kindly emailed me and said, Ben, like, I've got nothing I can do for you, but I can put you in touch with this agency. Um, and it was one of the agencies that had got back to me and said, hi, Ben, I'm really sorry. We're not taking on any clients at the moment. Oh. So I said, that's so kind. That's so kind. Thank you. But they've already, I've been in touch with them and they've already said that they're not taking clients. She said, leave it with me. Leave it with me. I'll, I'll get in touch and let's see what they say. So they did. And a week later, they had me up in London for an interview and they signed me on as um, just a commercial actor, you know, literally just okay. for, for adverts. And they said, look, if you if you off your own back, if you get some acting work, please invite us, please film it, whatever. And we'll discuss that from there. And then there was this website in the UK called Casting Call Pro. I don't know if you guys had that. Uh-uh. No, we don't have that here. I think it's now changed its name. I think it's now called Mandy. And it's basically this website that you pay a subscription fee to. And there's auditions. It could be student films. It could be low budget stuff. It's literally anything. Um, and I'd been going for work on that. I think my first ever thing was like BBC Crime Watch, which is basically where they they find yes. like a do a reconstruction of a crime that has happened. Oh my god, yes, I love those shows. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really fun. And then my first sort of proper job was this national tour of um, Lord of the Flies, mm. um, uh, the William Golding novel about the kids who get trapped on the desert island. And um, so I got that and emailed my agent going, "I've just I've just got this. I've got the lead. I'm, I'm playing Ralph." And they said, amazing, let us know when it is, we'll come and see it. And they did. And uh, and they said, great, we're happy to take you on as, as one wow. of our actors. 
So uh, yeah, a long, a long route. What a, a long, journey! Long route. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was just wild. the beginning, right? That's even the... <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just the beginning. That's crazy though that 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 patron came in and was like, "Yeah, I just sold a house, and here's this email." And then the casting director actually went out of her way to help you. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, if if there's any testimony to it's not what you know is who you know, like that has stuck with me. Is just like, hey, contacts are amazing contacts are incredible in this industry yeah. <laughs> they get you everywhere uh do you remember what was like the first tv show or film that you did where you were like okay I feel like I'm I'm on the right track I know that I can trust myself in this god do you know so so over here I know I know in America you guys have so many soaps and we do as well in England we've got um I think my first my first sort of proper tv show where everyone I'd spoken to I was so excited about it um, it's called Casualty, which is, okay. I think, you know, it's it's a hospital drama. Uh, and got it's been it. running in the UK for years and years and years. And I said, I've got a part. I've got a part. It's just one episode, guest part, which is amazing. Um, and uh, everyone I spoke to who was either an actor or or some, somehow involved, they went, right. When you get this job, when you go in for this job, you need to be prepared. There is no time for you to sort of get there and be like, hi, like warm up. You need to arrive on the day obviously with your lines learned, that's a given, but to just nail it, there are no mm-hmm. second takes, there are no second chances, they will get it. And if you don't mess up the line, they'll, that's it. And I remember being on, being on set and kind of going, okay, right, breathe, breathe, breathe. We're doing this, we're doing this. Okay, right, everyone ready, everyone ready? Yep, okay, action. Line, 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 cut. Yeah, have I been there? Yeah, and we're moving on. And I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, they weren't lying, but this is it. This is it. Yeah. And we're filming an entire episode in a day, like maybe two, maybe two days, but it's an entire episode in a day. And it's just, you have to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think after doing that, I kind of went, wow, that was a baptism of fire. But hey, I got through it. And it, is, it, is it a groundbreaking performance that I gave? No, probably not. But <laughs> it, it, made, it made me go, all right, you know, if, if I can do that, I think I can do stuff, right? I can, I can move forward and um, yeah, it kind of taught me to just make sure you were prepared. Always be yes. prepared. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same way over here. I started on a soap opera when I was a kid and it was always like, you have one take, figure it out if you don't get it. And I remember one time I actually messed up and it was like literally one time, I think I was 10 and I just started like freaking out and being like, I'm so sorry. And they were like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. It's okay. Just go, go back a line. And actually, that's the great thing. The, the, the thing that I've learned is that if you actually mess up, mess up really badly so that they can't yeah. use the and that yeah. you have to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> mess up so bad that they just are like, well, that's unusable. So we must do it again. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't do tiny mess ups. Go, go wrong, go strong. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea, 
Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. Uh, Well, you've done so much since then. You've been on Pennyworth and Sandman and Mary Queen of Scots. And oh, my God, the list is very, very long. Um, (laughs) Do you have a a favorite role that has been... um, something that stood out to you in your career so you know what i did um i did this little indie film uh god six seven years ago now called anna and the apocalypse which was so much fun i mean it was it was kind of a passion project for the director um because his one of his friends had very sadly passed away from Mm. cancer and they apparently the, the story was that apparently they'd been sitting watching high school musical and they were like this is just the worst thing ever like what how did this get and and one of them said you know the only thing that would make this better is if they all just died and became zombies if there was like some zombie attack that happened and uh and they were like should we we write that and they did a short film about uh about a zombie apocalypse but it was a musical and it was kind of like oh "Oh, we're getting killed uh and then that got some traction and then they decided to make it into a full feature um and just just had the best time on it it was because there was so much love within like the cast and the production and just everyone was there because they wanted to make this amazing thing for this amazing guy um it was brilliant and we were in scotland like it was november it was december we were outside in tiny jackets being like trying pretending to kill zombies it was mad um but it was epic it was so much fun oh my gosh i have to watch that that sounds so amazing (laughs) it's literally (laughs) zombie right in my alley musical like what more could you want (laughs) there's literally nothing else you could ask for it hits every genre i mean it's perfect (laughs) i love that uh how much did you have to sing in it are you a singer did you have to train for it so i did have to sing in it and and no i would not consider myself a singer i uh (laughs) i'm not musically theater trained in any way shape or form um and uh but sort of went to the audition going i don't know what they're gonna ask me to do and they asked me to sing quite a lot and i was kind of going Oh God! I wish I prepared more. I wish I prepared more. And I don't. I don't know if it was the acting that they liked and thought we can work on the singing, or whether they just went, "No, it's good enough. Let's do it." And uh, I remember going for the. I went for quite a few singing lessons after getting it. Just going like, right, I'm gonna have to brush up on this. And I've got yeah. one song that is. I it was just so much fun to film and record. Um, and uh, yeah, that that kind of made me go. Maybe I can sing. 
I, I can confirm that I can't. Like it's uh, <laughs> it is not one of the many strings on my bow. <laughs> my agent, my agent was like, "We're going to pick you up for this, that, and the other." And I was like, "I just don't. I'm just not sure if that's just the right think thing." That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm, when, you know, when you're in an industry where there are phenomenal singers, if yeah. you're not one of those, you're kind of like, "I'm happy to bow out of this one. Like that's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> I'll just sit over here. It's fine. We don't need this." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you do quite a lot of theater as well, and yes. you just recently did As You Like It. Is that correct? Yeah, literally finished on Saturday. Oh my so, gosh. Um, but yeah, if this interview had been yesterday, it would have been a very, very different me on screen. <laughs> well. uh, yeah, yeah. With that, we, so we had eight weeks um, on that show. It's a, uh, It was at a brand new theater in London that's literally been built, uh, opened last year. Mm. Um, so that was a real privilege to be kind of the, the first cast there was a musical in before us and we were the first sort of straight play mm. um and you know, it, i remember the the producer of the show it was like the producer or the director when we sort of stood on stage they were like you right now in, in other theaters you can kind of feel the ghosts of past performances you know there's so much history so much play so much acting that has been going on in these in these gorgeous buildings and you guys are going to be those ghosts like this oh is going to be gosh. your legacy, right? Like you're the ones that in in 20 years people are going to be going, wow! I wonder what it's like to be the first the first people on this stage. And that I mean, I've got goosebumps thinking about it. That was just like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. so wild. Yeah, um, and and the theatre was gorgeous. The space was amazing, and the production was just so lovely. It was lovely performing it over Christmas. I don't know if you, I, I I read somewhere that you like Shakespeare plays. You're you're a yeah. Shakespeare person, yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know if as you like it, it's one of the ones that you're familiar with. Somewhat. I, you know, when I was a kid, my, my acting teacher for my 10th birthday gave me the Yale Shakespeare book. That's like oh, this wow. big. And yeah. she was like, <laughs> read it and know it. And I was like, okay. Um. <laughs> um, so I've definitely read it. I don't think I've seen it in quite a while though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a lovely play. And the, the director was so, the director and the casting director was so um, clever in their casting. We had such an inclusive, um, inclusive diverse cast Mm. uh so um the the girl playing celia um rose is deaf so she you might i I mean strictly come dancing isn't you probably don't watch the uk one but she won strictly one i think um and that sort of catapulted her into this this amazing uh place of just you know helping people access deafness um which has been incredible so we had her another deaf girl gabby in the show we had um trans actors in the show we had non-binary actors in the show it was just so lovely working with people from completely different walks of life and that's and you kind of go hey this is why we do theater right Mm -hmm. um and it's interesting on saturday our last show uh, sorry the uh, we had a matinee and an evening show and at the matinee some man, some awful man started screaming from the audience. So 15 minutes into the show stood up and just went, I don't want to watch this. This performance is awful. I don't want to watch deaf people on stage. I don't want to watch people signing. I feel marginalized as a hearing person. And all of us were like, what? He was obviously quickly ejected. Yes. And the, and you know, there's lots of deaf people watching the show. That was, that was really traumatic. We had this four-year-old girl in the, in the audience, deaf, not having a clue what was going on. Um, and we had to leave the stage. There was a full show stop. And, you know, 10 minutes later, they come back on stage and the rapturous applause from the audience, you know, oh. that united everyone so well. And we had to remind ourselves that this is why you do theatre. This is why, you know, you're challenging stereotypes, you're challenging norms and you're making a difference. And people are going to do that. People are going to behave like 
absolute knobs um and and we work with it we go with it and you know yeah. uh, that and that was quite amazing it was kind of a shame that it was on our second to last show because we were just like yeah, yeah really amazing i mean what a last day <laughs> It was, it was really, yeah, peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, though, it kind of is um, maybe poetic for it to happen on the last day where you yeah. are then even more appreciative of this incredible experience that you all were able to share. Yeah, Put it in absolutely. the good light, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it definitely united us for the for the rap party that night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I also read somewhere that you once played Princess Catherine in Henry, Henry V. <laughs> <I did>, yeah. <laughs> Please tell me all about this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we performed at Regent's Park, which is an open air theatre in London, which is yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, yeah, there was there was some gender blind casting in it, basically. So Henry V was played by um, a woman, Michelle, okay. uh, Michelle Terry, who's now sort of resident director at The Globe. Wow. Um, and uh, and she's absolutely phenomenal. And and I was the I played another part. Just I think it was called The Boy. Um, at the beginning of the show and then towards the end come on as princess catherine and um yeah that it was it was mad it was really fun i remember being in rehearsals and they got me some platform shoes to walk in and i was like i've got this guys i'm gonna nail this and was literally (laughs) like this walking around the room you know those videos of like the models completely stumbling on their eight inches i'm like a baby deer trying to figure out how to walk (laughs) and be on ice it was ridiculous and one of the girls one of my friends jess who was in the show um just said sweetie stick with me I'm going to teach you how to do it and she was like this is how they do it on drag race this is what we're going to do I was like okay I can do this I can do this um <laughs> yeah it was amazing and uh and in, in one of the scenes uh in the play they normally have the two women uh Catherine and her handmaid um sewing while like talking about uh, silly things you know that mm-hmm. girls talk about and uh and our director was like I just don't want anyone to be sewing what can we do that's not sewing and so um uh one of the one the woman joy just said we could do some fighting could we be fighting is that too weird and and I was like okay what kind of fighting and she was like I don't know something elegant like it's feminine but and then the director went fencing and we went yes so there's this whole really gorgeous scene where we were fencing on stage which is obviously such a beautiful sport and then we take off our things and we're playing the princess and her handmaid and like it was epic it was great it was such a lovely experience oh my gosh that sounds so amazing (laughs) yeah it was really fun Wow. Uh, Well, on this show, we like to share audition stories that have gone awry or things that have gotten away that you really wanted. Is there a story that you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I was trying to think of stories. And I like it's um, it's a tricky one because in my mind, I was like, well, that's not that funny. That's not that bad. That's not that exciting. (laughs) Um, But I guess I'll leave it up to other people. Um, There was there was one time I was going for an audition at a very prominent British theatre and you know it was it was a, a lovely part in a great play new writing and I thought great I can I can do this I'd read the script you know I was like this is this is me like I've got this down this is perfect and I I walk in and um this lovely woman comes down and collects me from reception and takes me up to the room and she's chatting she's like it's lovely to meet you blah 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 and um halfway through us talking she I mean, she's been saying Ben it's so great to meet you. you know I saw you in this and I loved it and I was like oh thank you just before we get in the room I go I'm so sorry um what's your name I didn't ask and she looks at me and says, it's this. She was the casting director. I thought it was the assistant. I thought it was someone else. Because, you know, you never, like, see a picture of the casting director. You just yeah. you just see them. Uh, sorry, you yeah. just hear about them. You knew their names. And I was going, oh, my God. I mean, I think that destroyed the audition for me. For the rest of it, I was like, oh, God. Um, oh, so, no. so that was not a great one. I wanted the world to swallow me up after that. 
Yeah, uh, that's like so embarrassing. And then you just have to try and figure out how you're going to get through the audition. I'm sure you just kind of blacked out because that's what I would do. Yeah, 100% like this. Um, yeah. And then the other one that was, the, I think, the one that got away. And I'm always nervous about talking about ones that got away in case, like, the producer <laughs> of the cast director is like, you definitely were not second choice for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but from what I got told, um, yes. there was a very popular show that came out over lockdown, uh, a period piece um, called Bridgerton. Uh, oh. and up, yeah, was up for the role of the Duke. Um, oh. and supposedly the story goes, I mean, I had about four auditions, four or five callbacks, um, meeting with, you know, various different people, directors, producers, every time there was someone else in the room and was kind of going, this is, this is great. Like this is, I'm getting really far. And there was one other guy in the, in the space with me, you know, also auditioning. And we were like, oh, okay, good luck. Hope you get it. Not, but you know, but good luck. Um, <laughs> and then my, I remember my agent calling me going, it's between you and him. It's between you and him. So all you, all you, you've done everything you can. Don't worry about it. And then my, I, I remember a couple of days later, my agent phoned me and said, sorry, Ben, it hasn't gone your way. I was like, God, it's the other guy. And she went, no, no, it's a completely different guy who had recently been doing a show that got cancelled in the US and Shonda had worked with him before and she said, he's the one, I want him. And they just brought him and that was the Duke. Um, oh so I was kind of like... My <laughs> God. <laughs> oh yeah. God, that's, that's horrible. I was so obsessed with Bridgerton. I literally went as Daphne that year for, for Halloween. <laughs> oh God, amazing. That's I perfect. Had my seamstress friend make like the blue dress that she wears i was so obsessed brilliant well done that's absolutely superb <laughs> but i think you, yeah it's you. one of those things that you're kind of like i remember watching it over lockdown and going oh, damn it but um yeah it's uh you know everything happens for a reason <laughs> everything happens for a reason and hey you know if they follow the books there's like seven more seasons to go so you still got time to be on the show yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed (laughs) crossed. um speaking of netflix shows you are in the new season of you is there anything you can share or are you on like total lockdown i am on such total lockdown i i didn't have um i didn't have any uh social media like instagram or nothing uh during this whole time and uh one of the producers got in touch and was like where's your instagram i was like oh i just i don't have it they're like just get it just get it so I literally downloaded it about two weeks ago um and and suddenly like I don't know what I'm allowed to do like I don't know what I'm allowed to post or I'm allowed to say or that so I'm kind of not allowed to say anything except for it's it's shot in the UK and yes. um uh, Jonathan basically gets in with a bunch of really really wealthy people I've basically been able to play the billionaire version a complete dickhead um that you know if I if I had loads of money I'd probably be this guy He's such Amazing. a nasty piece of work, but he's, it's been so fun. It was so fun to play it. Um, ah! and, and that was like another lockdown thing. I watched the first season of you in lockdown. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to my brother when we were watching it, I was like, this would be a great show to be in. Like how much fun would this be? Yeah. And three years later, you know, you put it out to the universe. Not <laughs> um, a bang. You're on the show. They come to the, they don't even, you don't even have to come here. They come to you. <laughs> yeah. It all, what it kind just of magic t- is that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That would be amazing. So, yeah, um, really well, yeah, now so. that you do have Instagram, what is your Instagram so people can follow you? It's, oh God, that's a really good question. I should probably know this, shouldn't I? It, it is, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm just checking my phone. 
It's um, Ben M. Wiggins, at Ben M. Wiggins. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, it's been so lovely talking to you, and I'm very excited seeing you, and um, hopefully Thank one you. day on Bridgerton and whatever else you uh, accomplish, because you're fantastic, and I can't wait Thank to see everything Julian. else you do. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. So fun. Thank you again. Have a great one. Thanks again to Ben for coming on the show and hanging out with me. I'm so excited for you. And uh, let's all pray that he makes it onto Bridgerton one day because that would be freaking fantastic. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. And until then, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make season two even more memorable together.